The following is a presentation of God Questions Ministries. What is compatibilism? Compatibilism is an attempt to reconcile the theological proposition that every event is causally determined, ordained, and or decreed by God, that is, determinism, not to be confused with fatalism, with the free will of man. Promulgated originally from a philosophical viewpoint by the Greek Stoics, and later by numerous philosophers such as Thomas Hobbes and David Hume, and from a theological viewpoint by theologians such as Augustine of Hippo and John Calvin, the compatibilist concept of free will states that though the free will of man seems irreconcilable with the proposition of determinism, they both do exist and are compatible with one another. The foundation of the compatibilistic concept of free will is the means by which will is defined. From a theological viewpoint, the definition of the will is viewed in light of the revealed biblical truths of original sin and the spiritual depravity of man. These two truths render the definition of will in regard to fallen man as captive to sin, Acts 8, verse 23, a slave of sin, John 8, verse 34, and subject only to its master, which is sin, Romans 6, verse 14. As such, although the will of man is free to do as it wishes, it wishes to act according to its nature. And since the nature of the fallen will is sinful, every intent of the thoughts of the fallen man's heart is only evil continually. He, being naturally rebellious to that which is spiritually good, is bent only on rebellion. Essentially, man is free to do as he wishes, and he does just that. But man simply cannot do that which is contrary to his nature, What man wills to do is subject to and determined solely by his nature. Here is where compatibilism makes the distinction between man having a free will and being a free agent. Man is free to choose that which is determined by his nature or by the laws of nature. To illustrate, the laws of nature prohibit man from being able to fly, but this does not mean man is not free. The agent, man, is only free to do that which his nature or the laws of nature allow him to do. Theologically speaking, though the natural man is unable to submit himself to the law of God and unable to come to Christ unless the Father draws him to him, the natural man still acts freely in respect to his nature. He freely and actively suppresses the truth and unrighteousness, because his nature renders him unable to do otherwise. Two good examples of Jesus' confirmation of this concept can be found in Matthew 7, verses 16 through 27, and Matthew 12, verses 34 through 37. With the distinction between free agency and free will defined, compatibilism then addresses the nature of the free agency of man in respect to the theological proposition known as determinism and or the biblical truth of the omniscient nature of God. The foundational issue is how man can be held accountable for his actions if his actions were always going to occur, that is, the future is not subject to change and could not have been anything other than that which occurred. Although there are numerous passages of Scripture that address this issue, there are three primary passages to examine. The first is the story of Joseph and his brothers in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph was hated by his brothers because their father, Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, and because of Joseph's dreams and their interpretation. At an opportune time, Joseph's brothers sold him as a slave to traveling Midianite traders. They dipped his tunic in the blood of a slain goat in order to deceive their father into thinking Joseph had been mauled by a beast. After many years, during which Joseph had been blessed by the Lord, 
Joseph's brothers meet him in Egypt, and Joseph reveals himself to them. It is Joseph's discussion with his brothers that is most pertinent to the issue. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Genesis 45, verse 8. What makes this statement startling is that Joseph had previously said his brothers had, in fact, sold him into Egypt. Verses 4 and 5. A few chapters later, the concept of compatibilism is presented. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Genesis 50, verse 20. The Genesis story tells us that it was, in fact, the brothers who sold Joseph into Egypt. However, Joseph makes it clear that God had done so. Those who reject the concept of compatibilism would say that this verse is simply stating that God used Joseph's brother's actions for good. However, that is not what the text says. From Genesis chapters 45 through 50, we are told that, 1. Joseph's brothers had sent Joseph to Egypt. 2. God had sent Joseph to Egypt. 3. Joseph's brothers had evil intentions in sending Joseph to Egypt. And 4. God had good intentions in sending Joseph to Egypt. So the question is, who sent Joseph to Egypt? The bewildering answer is that both Joseph's brothers and God did. It was one action being carried out by two entities, the brothers and God, doing it simultaneously. The second passage that reveals compatibilism is found in Isaiah chapter 10, a prophetic warning passage for God's people. As divinely promised in Deuteronomy chapters 28 and 29, God is sending a nation to punish his people for their sins. Isaiah 10 verse 6 says that Assyria is the rod of God's anger, commissioned against God's people to seize, loot, and snatch plunder, and to trample them down like mud in the streets. Notice, however, what God says about Assyria. Yet Assyria does not so intend, nor does it plan so in its heart but rather it is its purpose to destroy and to cut off many nations. Isaiah 10, verse 7. God's intent in the Assyrian invasion is to inflict his righteous judgment against sin, and the intent of the Assyrians is to destroy and cut off many nations. Two different purposes, two different entities acting to bring about this purpose in one single action. As we read further, God reveals that although this destruction is determined and decreed by him, verse 23, he will still punish the Assyrians because of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the pomp of his haughtiness. Verse 12. Even though God himself had infallibly determined the judgment of a disobedient people, he holds those who brought the judgment accountable for their actions. The third passage of scripture that speaks of compatibilism is found in Acts 4, verses 23 through 28. As revealed in Acts 2, verses 23 through 25, Christ's death on the cross was carried out by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. Acts 4, verses 27 through 28, further reveals that the actions of Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel had been determined and decreed by God himself to occur as they gathered together against Jesus and did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Although God had determined that Christ should die, those responsible for his death were still held accountable for their actions. Christ was put to death by wicked men, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Isaiah 53 verse 10. Once again, the answer to the question, who put Jesus to death, is both God and the wicked people. Two purposes carried out by two entities within a single action. There are other passages of scripture that pertain to the concept of compatibilism 
such as God hardening the hearts of individuals. While compatibilism seems bewildering to us, the truth has been revealed by God Himself as a means by which His sovereign decree is reconciled with the will of man. God is sovereign over all things. God knows all things, and man is held accountable for what He does. Truly, His ways are beyond finding out. And so we should trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions. Online at gotquestions.org.